Welcome to episode 20 of the Farfish Software Podcast. Today I'm really excited to have recruitment agency owner and influencer Dilta Doherty on the show. He's dialing in to share his ideas and personal experiences regarding how to become a new rich recruiter in the agency market. Now, I, along with the rest of his 30,000 followers on LinkedIn, have been following a lot of what he's been doing with his recruitment agency in the last few years. I'm a big fan of, of his podcast, The Recruiter Startup, which has had over 70,000 listens in the year since it's been up and running. It's really inspiring seeing what he's achieved in this time. And I know agency recruiters and business owners can learn a lot from this guy. In the show today, we're going to discuss what it means to be a new rich recruiter and how will it make you more money, how the likes of outsourcing and automation can help you achieve rapid business growth by using your recruitment time more intelligently, and, and the secrets to how Delta manages to run a high-billing international agency with a very small team and still find time to be a content machine within the recruitment community. Hope you enjoy the show. Now, this show was originally recorded on the Crowdcast platform, so you may hear me reference some questions and some comments that would have appeared on the sidebar as we move through. Enjoy the show. Hello, uh, welcome to the Farfish Software Future of Rec Crowdcast. Um, I'm your host, Cameron McLennan, and today I am lucky to be joined by Dolta Doherty. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thanks for having me, Cameron. No problem at all. Um, would you mind just by starting off by telling the audience a little bit about your background and, and what it is that you do, please? Yeah, uh, I suppose firstly, um, I, uh, I first came across your podcast uh, when I started doing research and to do my own and I really enjoyed it and yeah it's kind of funny now that I'm appearing on podcasts and stuff I thought then it was so far out of reach but once you start kind of doing a bit of content on that you're you find yourself in in that world thanks but uh but yeah look I, I run an international rec to rec business we've been going for about four years and um, before that I worked for Robert Walters for a few years in Australia and I work for a national Canadian recruitment company in Canada and we moved at the in Canada the economy collapsed and yeah. myself and my wife moved to Guatemala and we set up our rec to rec business from there we traveled the world and come back had two kids in two years and yeah. here we are in the south of England brilliant so um one of the things, Delta, so I obviously um, have known you for, for some time and you run a very successful podcast yourself. Um, I listened to one of your episodes where you um, spoke about um, reading a book by Tim Ferriss called The 4-Hour Workweek. That's a book that I had listened to and then subsequently bought and, and, uh, and read myself, found it really, really interesting. And mm -hmm. he talks about people, um, talks about the new rich. Yeah. Now, um, what does, uh, in your eyes, what does it mean to be a new rich recruiter? It's a good question. Um, I suppose, like, to, to answer that properly, I'd, I'd probably take myself back to being under a lot of pressure in an aggressive sales room with Robert Walters. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky to have the job and it worked out and it's great and I'm, I'm appreciative of it. But uh, it was tough. And to be like the biggest biller in the room and to continually to do that was a lot of stress over, over the few years that I was with him. And I just remember thinking, why am I sitting here in a suit and tie and it's like 30, 40 degrees outside? Like, it, 
why do I have to sit in this room for 10 hours? Well, why are we do, why am I doing all my time doing administration? Mm -hmm. And that led us to setting up by ourselves. Yeah. Um, and during that process, I was thinking like, I'm rubbish at so many things, like I'm rubbish at administration. I hate it. So I was overloading Charlotte with all the work and she was hating me more and more every day, mm -hmm. you know, cause like, I, I'll, I'll do a bit of chat when a client, you know, when a, when, when a candidate, whatever. And then she's left with all the, all the work because I'm just rubbish with administration. So that led me to doing a bit of research into outsourcing, which led me to Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, which yep. basically means you focus on the stuff you're good at and then everything else you find somebody else to do that for you so if you work out what's your hourly rate and um, i could pay somebody a lot less to do work that would take me longer so it yep. makes more sense for me to focus on things that bring in revenue create the brand and and and, and keep the machine running really yeah no that sounds really really simple in practice but is it is it simple it's a good question again um it's not and my wife is really talented um and one of in the way that tim ferris describes it he got he so firstly you document what you do in the week mm -hmm. and then out of that you can slowly start taking little pieces away so say if it's to start it's uh it's sending connection requests on linkedin mm -hmm. you, know, you can have somebody else doing that right now you could you could have that automated whatever it is but if it's that and then it's the first message that you're sending or even if it's the second message whatever pieces of the puzzle you can give to someone else you do that bit by bit but you have to you can't just go here's a hundred things find an admin and make them do it you have to build them up slowly 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 over time and we've uh our our two are very skilled and they're full-on recruiters now they're they're account managers but we built them up over the four years so i guess um like so what you're saying to me here makes a makes a lot of sense because i don't know a single recruiter that is a fan of admin and in actual fact most recruiters find themselves doing this job because they're fantastic at talking to people they're mm. good at they're good at selling they're good at building relationships yeah. um there'll be people watching this just now that, that find that your your sort of approach quite interesting um mm. is but also at the same time there'll be people who are really skeptical about it as well sure. is it is it realistically achievable for recruitment agencies to 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 release the reins to to virtual assistants or or, uh, or the like depends on the size of the agency and it depends like i suppose like one thing that they do when i was in an agency they got somebody to format resumes right okay so and there are a lot of agencies now do the data do the data scraping and build all of that. So, so they are doing it already. It's then working out who should send interview confirmations, who should work out the diary schedule, and is that extra touch point gonna help you make money? Mm -hmm. Or is it, because that's the argument, right? The, yeah, more yeah. I, the more I get at that client, the more I can squeeze out of them. Yeah. But is that true? I don't know. Like, do we have any data to, to, to back that up? Because 
when we have 50 interviews happening around the world and i know that somebody's better at scheduling interviews and working diaries and and that than me then i'm i'm way better at focusing in on the qualitative stuff that adds value okay so how are you fell how is your days how are your days filled at the moment then yeah so basically just pretend i'm joe rogan all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my wife would tell you we don't do enough but or i don't do enough but the it's half term right so we've two kids out under two my wife has just come back to the business and we've launched a local rpo business mm -hmm. so whoever's the least busiest has to pick up the kids at 3 30. so typically that's me for this week and yeah. there's a lot of challenges in running a business with your wife and that's uh when you have two kids under two it's it's tough but i suppose i would start i would start my day um start my day going through messages on linkedin and and from uh, and from my emails see what's come in from inbound and all the rest um then i would uh i'll have a look at my schedule usually i'll have a podcast to record i'll have a couple, i'll have four or five candidate calls scheduled in the diary and i'll have uh maybe a client meeting as well podcasts can probably kind of are a bit like client meetings sometimes like 50 percent are our clients that we work with we try and keep it interesting and have lots of other people like you know dsp or dave hume or people yep. in the forcing community and and that um and then now that we're launching the, the this other business we've got an office now we've just hired somebody um so now it's trying to trying to help Charlotte win some business on that side hire some staff internally uh, and then in the evening i'll make sure a bit of exercise in, in during the day um in the evenings i'll take calls from six till eight or six till nine most nights yep um and then i'm on whatsapp you know whatever going back and forth the problem is we do we do business all over the world so australia people need stuff first thing in the morning and last thing at night Clients can be a bit feisty over there as well. Yeah, yeah. it's a hungry marketplace. Um, mid afternoon is a lot of uh, the USA, and now we're focused on London as well. So most of the rest of the day is uh, is tr is trying to get in in on that. So the things that you've implemented from the four hour week into the business has that made it easier for you with the internationalization, having the clients and candidates in different time zones? Well, I couldn't. I like we. We just burnt out when we tried to do it ourselves because if you get a good candidate they're going to get six interviews and one of four of them are going to decide that they don't want to do the interviews yeah because for whatever reason they were just testing the water and they got scared as soon as you get them interviews less and less we get better qualifying them as time goes on but yeah it happens and then you have to reschedule them all and yep. then before you know it, you're up all night trying to trying to do it all. But the way I would look at it is Andrea does 25 to 30 hours a week for me. That's mm -hmm. hours that I would have to do administration in and sourcing in. Yeah. Marina does uh, just 30 to 40 hours a week for me. So again, and a lot large part of that would be sourcing. I, again, I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah. So if anybody is watching this and they're thinking love this this all sounds this all sounds like gravy it's a great idea um yeah. would you all did you 
like just start with a single task for um for someone you're outsourcing to and then build it up that yeah. way yeah yeah so once you get one in, in so yes start with one get it uh, get a single task done build her up every week give another task and then when they have a perfect give them another task so you might start them on five hours a week you yep. might start them on then go to 10 hours then go to 15 and then before you know it you know they become part of the furniture then that assistant is 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 to train the next one so whatever task we do charlotte will write detailed work instructions and workflow documents okay. and they'll be able to specifically go through it on that a lot a lot of the problem that happens when people try and get virtual assistants is they do it on the cheap mm -hmm. so like our, our our girls are quite well are they're, they're educated they've got a bit of administration experience mm -hmm. is based in the uk arena is based in serbia mm -hmm. but then for the more redundant repetitive tasks we'll go to the philippines and we've got uh, Giselle there um, so her English wouldn't be as good. So yeah. she would do a lot of uh, just a lot of the very basic stuff that's repetitive. Yep. Um, to take to almost take away the work from the girls. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. I think, God, I'd, I'd love a day where I didn't have to do any admin at all. You know, and focus on the revenue generating stuff just on the pounds and pence. And I think there's plenty of people in here that would agree that that's that's where your time's best spent. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a recruiter, um, what's been the biggest challenge? that you've had as a business in adopting that sort of model? Um, I suppose because we did it quite early on. Mm -hmm. Look, I, again, I'm very lucky to have Charlotte in the business and she was able to do all of this. Yep. So the biggest challenge was Charlotte went and had two kids in two years. Mm -hmm. So I had we had to make, we had to replace her within two years, within, I don't know, four four weeks and at that time we were we were driving around europe and just having a good time and doing all the stuff that i'd still love to be doing <laughs> yeah but but yeah that 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 was a challenge i could imagine the challenge for anybody who's listening would to, to, to be able to do this would be to give up control to believe that oh nobody writes an email like i write an email Nobody, nobody sends an interview request like I do. Nobody sends a message like that's simply not true. Like you can, you can train people to do it. And I suppose the other bit then is to trust people who are not on site. Yeah. Uh, and and again, that's built up over time. Like I think we're going to touch on it later. But Gary V would say, give all the give all the trust, and then let them mess it up from there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's just uh, the recruitment industry as a whole has a problem with things like allowing people to work from or not not most of the industry, not all, but a lot of it has that whole fear of relinquishing control. You know, you must be in the, if you're a billing recruiter or you're doing anything for the business, you must be in the office. There must be a bum in that seat over there to be doing it. And I just think it's in this day and age, particularly when it comes to attracting talent and flexibility, and that's just yeah. so backwards. I think there's. Um, I think a lot about that as well, Cameron. And it might be down to the, the 360 model. It's very difficult. It's there's so much happening and now that there's all the branding stuff that you're expected to do as well mm -hmm. i think i think it, i think it's a tremendous amount of work to be able to get good at to be able to yep. trust 
somebody to, to, to work at home. Um, data and information is ubiquitous now, but it, it used to be, we used to have to sit on a computer and the server would be there. And, and so, so now that you can log in from anywhere, Yep. Companies will. Yeah. I think you'll probably know in software sales that a lot of it, like there is a lot more flexibility because there's that if it is a sales job and they know specifically what they're doing, it's much easier to manage them than a 360 that's doing a bit of this, a bit of that. It, it, it's a tough one for agency owners. I, I, I don't. Uh, I think if there's something we haven't done right, it's we haven't. Like we've built the tent well with the brand, with yep. the automation system, but we, we haven't got a good call center going yet. Yep. Um, I, I will I would like to have a mixture of both going eventually. Um so I I don't want to be the, the four hour work week guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think with the three sixty model as well, it's it's a baffling one because you need to be speaking to candidates a lot of the time out with the working day. So I don't know, it's tough. I think that that models a little bit on the, the flaws. Don't get me wrong, there's lots of people that make a lot of money from, from having 360 recruiters, but yeah. I think there's other ways to approach it um, nowadays. There is, and I, I think we touched upon it before we went on air. We've just launched a local RPO, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of refreshing to not be in the Rector X space exclusively anymore. Yeah. And to go back to doing what myself and Charlotte did beforehand as well. And to to be able to pitch to founders on, on their whole pipeline and to be able to work with the business on their employer branding and to be able to discuss that, it, it, it's quite refreshing. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've pitched it to people within the recruitment industry, but it's very much just send us a candidate. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good. So I'm like, okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's a definition of a true partnership, isn't it? When you're having those conversations yeah. and you work together on a long term with like Um I've got an interesting question from uh, Helen um, on the right there. So how did you actually find the people that you outsource to? It's a great question. Yeah, so uh, we would go on Upwork. Okay. So that's the, that's the short answer of it. Um, and then we'd probably look at Eastern European people mainly. Um, usually you'll find that well-educated, hardworking, and culturally quite aligned. Yep. Um, and, but again, if it's a, a really cheap task, a really like re, like repetitive one, then I go to the Philippines. I've had a lot of trouble with uh, India, with Pakistan, with uh, America's too expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but what we do is once we get it right with, with them, we'll bring them straight off, uh, straight off Upwork and put them onto Payoneer. Okay, because that gives them a twenty percent increase in the in the hourly rate. Ah, right. Okay, and then would you are you setting them like a a, ta a task or a test or anything like that? Yeah. So yeah. the first interview is a test. Okay. Okay. So, interesting. Yeah. Um, a good one as well from Don. Besides Tim Ferriss, who else has influenced you? Yeah, this one Great probably isn't going too well, but I, I'm I am so I, I'm really I'm really into Gary V. And a large part of of what we've done with the podcast and and how we've gone about that is uh, is been from what I've learned from from listening to him. It's very simple stuff, uh, mm -hmm. and I think that's why I'm a, I'm a pretty simple guy, so that's why it's resonated. That's one of the things that's very noticeable about how you run your agency is that you obviously recognise the value and importance of good marketing. Um, mm -hmm. 
Can you tell us a bit about why you think marketing is so important in the recruitment industry and take us through the th how you like to market you and your business? <laughs> I suppose firstly, question. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, I did a postgrad in marketing a thousand years ago, so uh, it's, it's always been kind of something I was interested in, and I probably just wasn't bright enough to get into that industry. I didn't have the administration skills to to get into one side, and I didn't have the art skills to get into the other. So, uh, so eventually, I got into this game, um, and then I suppose the the, the, the basics of, of of recruitment it it gets a bit repetitive for me. So I I like the creative side. Mm -hmm. um, why is it important to market? I suppose marketing's there to set to service sales, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's also there to guide the whole business towards their direction. So yeah. I think I think it's just something that, that that's that's really interested me. One of the things I was really surprised at was I saw on your Instagram the other day that you've had a hundred guests on your podcast in the past year. Yeah. And that's a real that is a seriously dedicated effort in putting out good quality content. What's mm -hmm. that done for your brand yeah. and, and your business? Um, well, your 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 brands. What people say when you're not uh, when you're when you're not you're not in front of them or listening. So hopefully it's hopefully it's done all right. Um, but as you know, the the recruitment to recruitment industry and we service the same people. Um, it goes quiet at, at, at certain times of year of the year, and I was determined not to get depressed last summer. Yeah. Um, so I just went for it and got a couple of put a couple of mates on that worked out. I knew they were charming. I knew they could kind of do their thing. I then went through my LinkedIn feed and seen who was kind of popular. Yep. And I got a few others on on that. And then I started going after bigger hitters like Greg Savage. Yeah. And and, 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 a, and people like that. And then I thought, right, okay, I kind of have this down a little bit now. And I started thinking, right, bring in clients. Mm -hmm. So started filtering in them every three, four episodes. Yep. Uh, and then what I, I suppose what we do then is uh, there's a thing called the Gary V content model. Mm -hmm. And what you try and do is create pillar content. So for us, that was doing a round table or when we flew to New York, yep. we, we met with all the clients and we did all, we got a videographer Charlotte found her on LinkedIn, just met her up, met her on the day, did all the content. Um, then me and me and Charlotte would sit down with a glass of wine, go through all the content, turn that into micro content, yep. and then give that give that to the team to disperse across all the different channels and use it in part of our messaging sequencing. Yep. And also whenever we're engaging with candidates towards our clients, we will send them here's the podcast we did with toby bab isn't he great what do you think Are you sure you want to interview with anybody else right okay yeah love them bang uh, okay okay so you really are squeezing as much bang for your buck as you possibly can out of every bit every, of content every like out of that piece of content every yeah. every bit is squeezed out and and it's it it, it works like i We've had a we've had a direct ROI on clients that we've never placed with before, but that we kind of sent people to before. They understood us more. We had better understanding of them, and 
because I was interviewing them and really letting them be the hero of their own story, yeah. the candidate that's listening was able to really identify and go, maybe I could be you someday, or maybe, maybe I'd like to work for you, or maybe I could learn off you. You seem all right. I like you. Maybe I'd have a beer with you. And all these thoughts will be going through the candidate's head, and then you know that's that leads it uh, leads it to being a closer point of sale, really, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. And I, I love that. And what um, what were the barriers to entry for you to start up a podcast? No, no. My, just my wife said, "You, you're an idiot. You, 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 like I don't want to hear you." spout on on the internet about mad stuff that you talk about in the house like so like you know you, like you have a different idea every half hour like what are you going to do you just like it's my mom was like i don't think this is a good idea you know yeah uh, and and then uh and then i just just did it with a couple of mates and and they were like oh that was quite good and it the thing is we're trained interviewers yeah 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 so it if we don't know how to interview people after doing this for like eight nine years like it's it's the perfect it's the perfect foil really i think um and also there's something intimate about about just just voice and not and not the visuals yeah you find like people will relax a bit more and you can kind of take them into deeper waters with your questioning has anybody ever said no to you that you've approached to be a guest on your on your podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, look, tremendous amount of founders. Yeah, not, okay. Not our thing. Um, I've even been said, look, why don't you make a placement first, and then I'll come on. I'm like, what? What? You want to pay me ten grand? And <laughs> then you go to come on for employer branding. Would Would you not come on and get my audience for free? Yeah. Um, but like, it's funny. I, in In Ireland, I have a new founder reaching out to me every every week so it's really it's there they're all going for it now because it's a lot of it's a boom market and it's all guys my age that are setting up agencies yep um in 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 america all the uk agencies yeah big time in australia sometimes mm -hmm. they're 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 still a bit a bit behind um and in the uk yeah L london's definitely catching up yeah. Yeah. and in asia they're great like all the guys in asia want to tell their story you know e expats in general yeah if um if you're watching this and you're thinking about running you're running an agency you're thinking about starting a podcast would you give any advice you would give people yeah just uh just just start with uh start with interviewing somebody that you know um yep. use anchor um just just give it a go try and do it for half an hour um until you know what you're doing write some questions out mm -hmm. um, but try and just keep the conversation flowing think of somebody interesting that you know like my mate gareth played professional football mm -hmm. and I, I we ended up working together in robert walters and i knew that that journey from having like having everybody going oh wow you're a professional footballer to get on the phone yeah like and now he owns his own agency and like he was in new york whenever i went to canada and i just knew that that was an interesting story to get started with yeah. so like do yourself a favor like get, get somebody easy on that you know at the start and then just like try not to sell too much mm -hmm. you know try and make it about like i i hate i hate people who just monologue so like try and make it about the guest and their journey and not how amazing you are and how smart you are yeah that's 
probably really important. That's sound advice. And I think every everyone that works in an agency has uh, valuable things to say about that, about that market, agency owners, etc. So, um, yeah, it's worthwhile. Do, do you measure your um, your market and ROI? And if so, like what sort of metrics do you use? Yeah, not well. Um, okay. So that's that's the first. Um, so I've hired a freelancer twice a week now. So you've noticed my Instagram. She does that. Um, okay. Um, I'm starting to learn how to use it a little bit, but she's kind of 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 that generation. I I spend most of my time marketing on LinkedIn or creating that. So I'll watch the I'll watch the viral threads on that. Like I had one that went to two hundred thousand this week. Yeah. Um, and, and there's kind I kind of know how to do that now. Yeah. Um, so so I'll keep an eye I'll keep an eye on that in terms of the website I'll get that reports on that from uh, from from my mate Carl who runs the website but we don't in rec direct you don't really get much candidate flow mm-hmm. so in terms of the podcast anchor has all the stats on that so I know that there's been 70,000 downloads um, and out of that I know that you know, most of the listeners are USA and they're independent recruiters or they're agency recruiters based in England and Ireland and Australia. Um, and then in terms of ROI, I know what who we've placed with that's come out of the podcast. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know, for example, see, see the way that you're able to tell there's 108 people here, you know who they are, you know their emails, you can retarget them, you can do all that stuff to them. I don't know who's listened to the podcast because I don't have those. I don't have that stats. Yeah. So that's a that's something we need to work on. Obviously, um, I, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, not a marketing expert, just kind of figuring out as we go along. So words words asking there. So as a rhetoric, do you think you have a distinct advantage when doing a podcast, and that you have a deeper understanding of your industry than most recruiter servicing industries they've never worked in? Hmm. Um, it depends how interested you are in the industry that you're going into. I had a I I was stuck in a rut. I, my wife was having a babe was was having our children. I kind of just felt like the business wasn't going where I thought it would be. My peers were overtaking me. Yeah. And I had a whole network of people to reach out to to study off and learn off for free. Yeah. So. It, in in that journey it, it 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 made for interesting learning for me and then i know that there's so many other founders who are in a similar similar stage and given that given that maybe maybe it is but like if you're really into it i think I think yeah, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I think if you're really immersed in the market that you you know that you're involved in, you'd yeah. do great at it. It's, um, um, and Teresa's uh, Teresa's asking you've seventy thousand downloads of your podcast. One year. One year, brilliant! That is an unbelievable reach for uh, for starting a, a year ago. It's fantastic. Yeah. And the more I like, whenever I was doing them frequently, like five a week, I was getting way more. Than right now when I do one or two, really? Yeah, is that, is that to do with the way the podcast platforms operate? Were they giving you more visibility, or do, do you um, know? No, I think I think look, the general secret is the more people that you interview, the more times you get them to share your the podcast you did with them, yeah. the more you're reaching out to newer people and you're building things. Also, I think 
the podcast you get better the more you do it mm-hmm. and and yeah that you, you just kind of go on a bit of a roll yeah yeah that's yeah um what do you think the f- future holds for uh, recruitment agencies Ooh, that's a tough one isn't it um well we're focused on the rpo side as a if i've learned anything over the last year it's 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 that i want to be as close to whoever makes the decision on the money as possible and i want to i want to imp- i want to work with with them on their talent acquisition and on their employer branding and really have a seat at the table so i i think that's the future because anything else out of that like once you have that you could do a specialist agency off the back of it don't get me wrong specialist specialist 360 agencies still work and i don't see them going anywhere but i think some of the figures of maybe what the s3s of this world are are making now compared to what they did before per head are way down Um, barriers to entry are so low that there's more and more independence setting up and you know competition's intense so how can you give yourself an edge how can you add value how can how can you do it so you enjoy it and you don't burn out yeah and all all those things i i, I think about those things all the time you know you know i've been doing this show now for three years i think and that's my yeah. favorite answer to that question hmm. yeah that's awesome that's so that's on that note guys just want to say a massive thank you to delta for taking time out of his day to join us today on the show also thanks to all the guests that came in to uh, join us and uh, particularly those that commented down the right hand side it's really really appreciated um delta if anyone wants to reach out to you after this for a for a chat what's the best way to to to, to get hold yeah of uh, connect with me on linkedin um or message me if you're uh, if you're already connected or connect with me on facebook i'm always in the facebook groups if you want to come on the podcast just hit me up um i'm not fussy um just just come on have a chat and we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll discuss what we both love brilliant brilliant thanks so much for your time um i've dropped a link to an ebook below as well if you want to turn your agency into an inbound recruiting machine in seven steps so you pop over there and have a look at that if you want as well delta thanks so much for your time mate i thoroughly appreciate it it was really good having you on thanks cheers cheers bye-bye